Hey, good afternoon. It's John Johansson. Uh, Alan Baker uh, is probably somewhere, or Alan Sprague, is somewhere out there in the uh, confines of, uh, uh, on his way to Brooklyn to pick up our guest speaker today, which is Giffy Full. And hopefully they're going to make it in in about 15 minutes. So uh, I got uh, surprised here when I got here about, oh, half an hour ago. Uh, so let's just go through some of the main things that have gone on in the last month. One of the big things that I came actually back from uh, Gloucester for uh, last Thursday was uh, Beals Island back probably 25, 30 years ago started having model boat shows. And most of the boat builders, all of course the wooden boat builders of Beals Island and Jonesport, would actually bring in models, and some of the fishermen that had models would bring them in and display them at the Beals Island uh, uh, Junior High. And that went well for about a few years, and then it started to peter out. And I think the last one they did was 2008, about 15 years ago, and they did that again at Beals Island. Well, this year, they decided to do another one. It was hosted by the sophomore class of Jonesport High School, and it actually took up most of the floor space in the uh, gymnasium. Uh, they uh, did a round-the-floor uh, uh, lineup of tables. And there was probably 70, 70 models there, a lot of Alvin Beale, a lot of Willis Beale's models. Of course, the star of the show was uh, Willis's model, which he just finished. It was a 63-foot model of the April and Christie that he did for Alonzo Alley. And for those that... Uh, would like to visit and see this model, that model and a torpedo stern model that Willis did is actually going to be on display at the uh, uh, Penobscot Marine Museum uh, this summer. And it's going to be in the Whitcomb Pendleton building. And that is the uh, building on Main Street uh, right there in Searsport. So, oh, they're here. <laughs> well, hello, Giffy. Yes, sir. <laughs> How are you? Not bad. Let's get you on the microphone. So, so let's do Boatyard News while they get settled. Uh, Belmont Boat, I went in there. They've had a lot of uh, work going on. Uh, one of the big projects was a, a Morgan 38. But the biggest project this winter was on Zingara, and they did a lot of deck work, removed all of the uh, stuff. They removed the mizzen mast, relocated the chain plate, added a new carbon uh, uh, mast, that sort of stuff. They also have been uh, working on an electric, uh, sm a small boat that is powered with an electric engine, a mini schooner, uh, and they've also done some uh, a workboat skiff that was designed by one of their lead riggers, and that's already ready to go into uh, uh, work uh, this summer. Uh, but Zin like I said, Zingara was the biggest thing. Brian Reef's got a number of projects. He's got a, uh, an eight meter in there that he basically tore the whole aft end of the boat off and uh, she's all been reconfigured. This has been, I think he's had it in there for at least a couple of years, if not more. And she's all ready to go back in the water. Um, he's also got a motor sailor called Kismet in there, which is a William Gardner design. Uh, from the 1990s. She was built on the West Coast, and they did a lot of work on the inside, and they spruced her up quite a bit. 
Uh, and then there's a 34-foot day sailor that is of Brian's design, and that was done for a local customer, and she's in the final stages with just system work and a few more uh, wood details and that sort of stuff before she can go over. Uh, most of these boats, all three of those that I just mentioned, are probably going to go in the water within the next month. Uh, Deep Cove boat. Now, some of you may not know where Deep Cove is, but you got to go way down east. you got to go to Eastport to get to Deep Cove. And they had a Young Brothers boat in there, and she's been worked hard. Uh, she's owned by uh, one of the salmon uh, companies up there, Cook's Aquaculture. And uh, they actually moved the winter back back uh, probably a foot and a half and rebuilt it, and then they painted the hull, that sort of stuff. And so she's already uh, uh, ready for painting from top to bottom. So she's going to look almost brand new when she goes out, or at least close. Uh, they have a 50-foot Grand Banks that they've been working on, mostly general woodwork. Uh, they found that the bonding system was a problem because it was causing issues to the wood, so that's been removed. And they did some work on the st uh, stern tube, that sort of stuff. The main idea, which is a Joel White design powerboat, she's always in there, and she was just in for annual maintenance. So that was pretty simple. Uh, here's another boat yard some of you might not have heard of. It's called Eastside Boat. That's down in East Machias. And they're the ones that own the moles for Libby. And they purchased them from Stuart Workman uh, several years ago. And they took the 41 this winter, the mold. Uh, they took a hull out of it just before, and that went down to MDI, and it went to uh, uh, Rich's Boatyard. And uh, that's being uh, finished off there as a lobster boat. But then they took the mold and they created a plug and they're doing a new mold and they've cleaned it up, trying to make it look, you know, more presentable, took the plank lines out, that sort of stuff. And, and in the mold, in the old mold, the actual V in the stern the, for the dead rice was actually flattening out. <laughs> so they actually put it back in the way it was supposed to be. So that's been most of the winter, and they were just finishing up a 37 uh, Mitchell Cove boat for a fisherman on, in Jonesport. And she was going to probably, well, she's probably already in the water. Uh, Morgan Bay boats, most of you might know them. Uh, they've got a 47-footer on the floor. The mold is all done. They're getting ready to uh, take the plug off. Uh, all they had to do was a little more fairing and buffing because they, they like a perfect hull. Uh, and that's what they were very close to doing. They also have two 43s on the floor. Both of them sport fishermen, one going to California, another to Massachusetts. Most of them have the same arrangements down below, which is basically a V-berth, head shower, and a quarter berth. And then up in the uh, uh, shelter, there's usually uh, a galley on one side or the other. Well, one has it on one side and one has it on the other side in this case. Uh, Rich's Boatyard, which we just talked about, uh, they're working on Jericho, which is a bunker in Ellis 42, and many of you know her because she's one of the most photographic, uh, photographed boats on the coast of Maine. Uh, she's in there, but no structural work this year. Basically, it's all cosmetic, and a lot of that's going to be on the inside, which they haven't done uh, for a long time. Uh, the big project, though, this winter was they took the second Stanley 36 that was owned by a local fisherman who passed away a couple of years ago, and Alan might know who exactly owned that boat. Uh, Lifeford Stanley? Yeah. Uh. And she, they tore that whole boat. The only thing that was left in her when they got done was the engine, the V-berth, and the platform. <laughs> and the name. And the name. <laughs> and so now she's all completely redone. 
and uh, she looks great. And they've got they had another one in the parking lot that they were hoping to do some somewhat similar next year, but this time all they did was everything under the platform huh. on her. Uh, I'll break in for a quick second. Lyford Stanley was an old friend. Um, they used to call him One Cut Stanley because he was so good at scribing things in. It would you just scribe it once, cut it there, and it would fit perfectly. Right. And Wait, is it true that he did build a boat in his house and had to cut the side off the house? Uh, I don't know. I I heard that story was about when he was. Uh, uh, I think it was just after he got married. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before my time then. <laughs> yeah. Well. And, those stories are true. Yeah. They, they wind up being true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, we talked about the model boat show. The other thing I wanted to talk about was uh, Robert Blood. Robert Blood, many of you down on MDI might know him because he's worked several years down there, but he bounces around. And, and in a lot of respects, that's a, pre- a pretty good way of learning boat building because you learn all kinds of different techniques from different builders up and down the coast. Well, Robert Blood, for those that have gone up and down Route 1 through Newcastle, Newcastle Marine is what he bought last year. And so you can see the changes. There's a number of uh, temporary buildings, and inside the main building, he's got a Concordia 39 that he's totally rebuilt. Uh, again, she's probably the only thing that's really left is her name. Uh, you know, there is a few things he said, I think like three feet of the stem and that sort of stuff. But a beautiful job on that. And he has Mickey Finn in there, which was a Paul Rollins-built boat. And she's just in there for some minor work. I know they did keel boats. But he purchased that, so that's a big thing. And he actually went down to visit Riverside Boat to make sure that Paul Bryant didn't have an issue with him Mm -hmm. moving into the territory. And Paul was more than happy to have somebody else he could shove some work towards because, of course, there's not a lot of wooden boat people out there that do excellent work. And what was more interesting was Richard Stanley gave him a compliment. And for Richard Stanley to give you a compliment, that (laughs) takes a lot. (laughs) And the only other thing I'd like to mention is that in the new issue of my paper, there's going to be an announcement that SW Boatworks is selling the moles for the Calvin Beal and the Young Brother. This is the main coastal news. Yeah. Yes. And so he's selling the moles for the Calvin Beal boats and the Young Brothers boats. Huh. Is it going so, to be an auction? Or nope, he, nope. Just, he's, they've just, been put on the market. Huh. Um, we are in the midst of a fundraiser this week here at WERU, and uh, there are people out there who uh, who listen to Boat Talk and actually appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> and are willing to, willing to put their money where their, where their, uh, um, where their ears are. And uh, so they... If you'd like to make a contribution to Boat Talk, please give us a call. 469-6600 is the number. It'll get you into uh, Information Central. And I have a message here from the crew in the engine room. They said, WERU Public Affairs rocks our boat. So there we go. (laughs) We're off to a start. We have an additional gift to WERU. Thank you very much. Now, how about the GERR? The, uh, the Golden Globe. Oh, yes, yes. With Kirsten. Do, 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 do. Yes, they're uh, Kirsten, Kirsten Newshafer, her yep. name is. Um, there were uh, 16 original entries. Yep, uh, starting three, three finished. 15 men. Um, One woman. 
four, I think, well, one may be finishing now. There was right. One he was guy. close. Yeah. He was within several, yeah, probably 400 miles yeah. yesterday, I think. Four finished. Um, one of those four was disqualified from the official race because he stopped. Right. To so make he's repairs. in the Chichester class. He's, yes, he's. So, yes, only three make it around the world, and the winner was Kristen, the only right. woman in the whole thing. I think it was great. Well, what was interesting about it is is that, you know, of course, I met her and I interviewed her a couple, three years ago before she ended up in Canada having the boat rebuilt. But I was introduced to her through Knight Coolidge from down around Pond, and he and I talked yesterday, and she is the last person that wants any recognition for what she does. Well, I don't think that she went the right road because this thing has gone all over the place. Oh, there's there's all kinds of. If you're interested, go to YouTube. There's several YouTubes on the Kirsten Newshafer or the Golden Globe. Right. Twenty two o two two. Well, she made the New York Times this week. I think it comes out either tomorrow or Thursday. Yeah, she's going to be uh, in the spotlight. I'm sure she's not, well, not she's real got a, comfortable with it either. No, and I think she's got another uh, book. They've offered her a book deal. Oh, man. <laughs> well, she might be okay with a book. You know, She, she might be all right. <laughs> I got a comment or two. Uh-oh. <laughs> Did a little on the negative side. What's that? They all owe apologies or thank yous to the different ships that stopped and saved their butts. Well, yes, and Kristen is the one that saved somebody's butt. She was the one that rescued the Finnish guy that all of a sudden woke up and had five feet of water in his boat. Yeah. No idea why. Yeah. He sailed that boat for I don't know how many years. It mm-hmm. was one of his pride and joys. And she was able to, well, he was in the water almost instantly. And so she had to find him in the water and had a problem because at that time, I think it was blowing pretty good and the seas were about six to eight meters. She was having trouble finding him. Yeah, he was in the water. He was in his life raft in the water. He right. wasn't swimming. But Thank God. still, <laughs> he was not and in he, a good situation. I, wasn't he, I don't know, several hundred miles from South Africa? Yeah, they were yeah, way out. In the, yeah. And so the, the, this bolt carrier that you're mentioning actually picked him up and took him. Uh, but he got flown off somewhere because he didn't make it all the way to China because that's where the bolt carrier was headed was China. Yeah. So, but, and I think that, oh, and the other one was a fishing boat, uh, Puffin. It, she uh, got dismasted and he got injured a little bit. I don't think he's bad, but he sprained his back. So, yeah. you know, he couldn't really do a lot. He couldn't cut away the mask because that's the first thing you do if your mask goes over the side, get rid of it because yeah. it'll usually poke a hole in it. Yeah, that guy had real problems with that. Yeah. Mm. yeah. But they got him off, and I don't know if the boat's still floating out there or what they did. But it is true that, you, you know, a lot of these guys end up being rescued or some of them end up being rescued by the Navy or merchant vessels. Yeah, and it, it costs those companies a lot of money to send a ship 180 miles in Off the course. Wrong, wrong direction. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. But like all mariners, what do we do? Yeah. If somebody's in trouble, we're going. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that happens regularly. Did you ever have to do any rescues? Uh, yes. Yeah. Would you have to rescue? I, I'd rather not talk about it. Okay. Yeah. Was it that bad? Yeah. 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 Huh. People that had a baby fall overboard. Oh. Uh. And their father jumped overboard for it, and he didn't know how to swim. Oh. Did either of them make it? Yeah, I got them. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, well that's a, that's a good ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, because it happened in Jonesport, the baby went over the side. Yeah. That was when the little girl hit the bridge abutment in 1981. It was a brand new boat, and she lost steer and hit the bridge. Yeah. Well, that launched a baby out of Wayne Beale's hands. Yeah. And that baby, for those who follow Boatyard News, that's Jeremy Beale, who runs Wayne Beale's boat shop. Yeah. 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 <laughs> he got an early indoctrination. Yeah. yeah, I think he was like, I don't know, I think he was less than a year. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they say babies can swim, like, actually, when you first yeah, I think they, Right, because they're in the womb, and I guess that's the same, same idea. Yeah, I don't think I would try it with no, mine. No. <laughs> no, I'll go along with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen a few and, and done a couple. Yeah, my uncle used to go body diving. He was a, one of the early skin divers in Massachusetts. And I remember one time we were, uh, he was in Martha's Vineyard and the police came roaring down because they, when they knew he was in town, they knew they had access to him and his diving gear. And so he went out to a pond and had to retrieve somebody. Yeah. And it, and it took a toll on him. Yeah. You know, he, yeah. he brought up a lot of people. The worst one I know was he was in New Hampshire and he was given a lecture in the winter. And these little girls walked across the ice on a river, and they went in, and they brought up the body of the little girl, and it was the police chief's daughter or some of the some policeman's daughter, and he was there. Yeah, and you know, I don't want. I'd rather not have anything to do with something like that. No, it it, it did a lot to him. Yeah. Yeah, because he used to use. He was one of the first to take tanks into a house that was on fire because he was a firefighter in Fairhaven, Massachusetts. Yeah. Yeah. So he took yeah. tanks into the house, and a lot of times you didn't want to know what he saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, know this is a nice, pleasant <laughs> boat talk here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, four six nine six six no four six nine zero five zero zero is the uh, number if you would like to join into the festivities here <laughs> and make boat the talk. conversation a little better. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Hopefully. Uh, uh, we have Giffy Full here, uh, world-famous master surveyor. And if you have any uh, special boat-related questions that you want to have uh, an ex- excellent source yeah. give you good answers. Yeah, but we... let's get it straight. <laughs> the, the word is was. Yeah, was, okay. <laughs> well. Yeah, you, How was your winner? It was good. Yeah? What'd you do? Not, not active enough for me. No? What'd you do? No. Did a lot of good reading. Did you? Yeah. What'd you read? Oh, gosh. Uh, just one of the most interesting things I read was an early history of Maine. Yeah. Uh, published about 1921 or two. Yeah. Just uh, straightens things right out. Yeah. 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 Yeah, some of the older books are a little better than the new stuff. They, they seem to do quick research on the newer stuff than they did in the old days. Yeah, yeah. But a lot of times today, you've got more stuff available to you because of the Internet and stuff, so some records are more available than what they used to be. Yeah, but I know we should stay on marine things, but I'm not all in, totally in favor of the, the, the cell phone. Yeah. Because people, it present, prevents... 
people social socializing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's, they it, get their nose in that cell phone, and you know, it, they, it may not come out. They don't come out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, do you have one? We all do. <laughs> do you you have a flip phone though, don't you? You don't have one of these, do you? These big things. No, I got a. Yeah, mine is reasonably big. Yeah. But. I know a lot of the boat builders like Glenn Holland. He's I don't even know if he even carries it anymore, but he had a flip phone and I have friends that they'll, they'll only carry a flip phone yeah. and you can't really do I really need it for what I do. It helps me yeah, a lot. Yeah. I don't need it. I'm not really need it. No. Yeah. I'd rather talk to some people. Oh, yeah. 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 And if I'm in with somebody, that's not on. Yeah. Even when most of the time it it, it vibrates if it yeah. does anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it costs producers uh, a lot of waste time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people are looking on Facebook or wherever yeah, else. Yeah, instead of paying well, attention to their work. Right. <laughs> there's people. Yeah. There's videos of people walking into holes while they're looking at their cell yeah. phone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's nice to navigate by, don't you think? I could have used it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, I, uh, I don't use it to navigate. <laughs> no, <laughs> you shouldn't. I did have a jackpot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is good for navigating the, the highway, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And you know what I like about it, though? It actually will take you through towns that you never would have gone through otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it'll be like, oh, go down here. Well, sometimes I've ended up on dirt roads. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when I used to go out to visit uh, Bob Wallstrom. Yeah. Coming back from Brownfield. Yeah, yeah. There was a couple times I ended up in places that I go, am I going to come out? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You have an evil cell phone leading you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're pretty good machine. I oh, yeah. They, they, if, if, if you use them with sensibility. Yeah. You know, I use it a lot for research. Yeah. Because a lot of times I'm reading books that I shouldn't be, and I have to find out, well, what does that mean? Yeah. I have no clue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's good for looking up stuff. Yeah. But then you got to wonder if it's all accurate. But. Yeah. Yeah. So Giffy, uh, John will remember, about three months ago, maybe four, we had a caller call up, and uh, he wanted to know whatever happened to the school bus. Remember the school bus that we talked with on Boat Talk many years ago? <laughs> you know, at my age, I... I'm, I'm lucky to remember what happened last week. <laughs> you, yeah. you don't remember this guy is converting the school bus to be uh, amphibious, and he was he was talking to you about all kinds of gear ratios he was going to work in there. <laughs> What's the craziest project you ever were involved in? Oh, gosh. It's been quite a few. <laughs> yeah. 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 The best story I ever liked, that one of them that you've told, is that when you uh, surveyed Kangata. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that you want to tell that story to the... Well, it was just... Uh, it was, originally, it was a beautiful boat, but she was ancient, and she was in very poor condition. She was up in Rochester, New York, wasn't she? She was. That's where she was. Yeah. And... And she really, really 
from a practical standpoint, wasn't worth rebuilding. Right, and you proved that. <laughs> or the owner proved it. Yeah, the owner proved it. <laughs> Anyhow, against my recommendation, he went and bought it. And then hired me to get it down to the coast. And, you know, people were going to tow it around uh, down the St. Lawrence and down the coast. I said, it'll never work because the boat won't make it. Right. She's got holes right through her, rusted right clean through her. It just inches right. from the waterline. You'd have to wrap her in plastic. Or That's something. what you did, right? A swimming pool yeah. membrane? No, we didn't do any of that. Uh, we uh, patched her up with every way we could patch her up. Right. And, and just towed her down the barge canal. Mm-hmm. Well, Eerie. Yeah, they said, oh, she won't go down the barge canal. Yes, she will. And she, she did go down. Mm-hmm. Had to take the smokestack down off her, that's all. Right. And um, I, I, I ought to remember people's names, and I don't, but we got a man down in Chesapeake Bay that had a small tug, and he said he'd come up and get her and take her to take her to Gloucester, where they wanted her. Mm-hmm. And they, uh, they, he came up and got the boat, and he had her in Gloucester in about three days. He did a very, very good job. Mm-hmm. Ran her right around the clock, very carefully. And uh, we put pumps aboard her, you know, emergency pumps and stuff like that. And... She sat around for two or three years, and then a man from California bought her. Yeah, Bob Neal. Yeah. And but the poor guy that bought it, he went belly up, didn't he? He lost everything. Uh, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Because uh, the work was, they did it at Rose's, but Rose's didn't do the work work. No. Somebody no. else did the welding work. Yeah, yeah. And just so much to do on that boat. You, know, you just you cut into one place, you think it's okay, and it's not, you know. What he Bob Neal cut it in three pieces, didn't he, and moved it out there? Yeah, they, they cut her up in three pieces. And, and the guy rebuilt the whole hull out there. Right. Essentially what he really did is built a new hull. Mm-hmm. And saved a few pieces, you know. Right. Stick on the boat. Yeah. And and then they finished her up for a ton of money, and and uh, I I I don't know where she is right yes, now. Yes, you do. She's at Front Street. She's the uh, one under cover uh, at Front Street. And of no, course, Mister Neal died. No, cup- that's the one outside the boat shop. Yep. No. The one outside Building 4. That must be... Uh, uh, that, that's Kangata. Oh, okay. All right. I'm getting it mixed up with the other yard. Just got the got the big wooden boat up there. Oh, yes. French and, French and Webb has French the... French uh, Webb. Yeah, they have that presidential yard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A lot of, lot of crazy projects. Some are great. I think a wonderful one is that you mentioned it earlier, the Zingara. 
Yep. I surveyed that boat years ago. Well, I th- this is the one that Bob Stevens and Waring built. So I think it's a new Zingara. Oh, it's a new Zingara. Yeah. 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 The, you, you remember Bob because he worked at yeah, yeah. Brooklyn Boat Yard. Yeah. yeah. And well, and, and Waring also worked there too. Yeah. And then they split off, went over to Belfast. Yeah. Yeah. But they've built this boat and they keep it stored and have the work done out at Belmont Boat out on Route 3. Okay, but it's a much smaller boat. Probably. Now, what's the Zingara that you remember? Yeah, she's down to Brooklyn Boat Yard now. Yeah. Her sister ship is at Brooklyn Boat Yard. Yeah. 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 And the other story I always liked that you told is when you were told not to buy a boat by your father and you did. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the, the real funny part was I, I was walking back up the street from our house to just check on the boat I bought because she was on Why don't you start at the beginning where yeah. where he told you not to do this and how you got the boat because you knew the guy didn't put the, the plug in. Well, well, I just found out. It's obvious. He, he, they did in the old days. They put the boat down on the beach in her, in her cradle. Right. And they rocked the cradle down. Mm-hmm. Rocks. Yeah. Just beach rocks. Mm-hmm. And, and and they let her, when the tide came, they put her down far enough so they know she's going to float off the cradle. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he put her down the beach and never put the drain plug in her. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. And, and she filled with water and rolled over on her side in the cradle. Right. She didn't mm. float out, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and... and <laughs> Oh, gosh, I, I get myself in trouble, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I knew all about it, and the owner was really disgusted. It was a Rice Brothers boat, wasn't it? Yeah, built in East Booth, Booth Bay. It was a, really a lakes, what we call a lakes launch. Yeah. Narrow, <laughs> cute little boat, but... Rounded stern? No, she, she cut, had a... Cut-off stern? Cut-off stern, and she had an old... Gasoline engines, a Star. Mm-hmm. It was built for a Star automobile. Mm-hmm. But I, I got a fella right off that was a, a clever mechanic, and he cleaned the engine right up and and uh, cleaned the starter and fired it right up. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Huh. <laughs> but anyhow, I had her. I brought her from where she was. In the cradle, over to another cove where I near where I lived, mm-hmm. and put her on a moor in there. And uh, it was in the evening after dinner, and and I'm ro- walking up the street to, to <laughs> just look out, and make sure she's all right, you know. And and uh, I'm coming back to the house, and my father's coming, walking up the street, going the other way. Mm-hmm. He was. Up, he, he was coming to, for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he grabbed me by his shirt collar and said, did you buy that boat out there that I told you not to buy? Yeah, yeah. Well, what could I say? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and he said to me, what did you pay for it? I said, $35. What? <laughs> you want to pay $35 for that boat? My, I'm proud of you. 
about trying to recover from the <laughs> new, new yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What a big uh, sigh of relief there. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah crazy. So we're going to change subjects here a little bit. Now, we have a, uh, somebody on the phone who is uh, has a, uh, well, I'll, I'll let her explain it, a museum for uh, maritime pets. And we're going to talk with Pat Sullivan. Good morning or good afternoon, Pat. Yeah. Welcome to Boat Talk. Yes, good Hi, afternoon. Hi, Alan. Thank you for having me. Oh, welcome to be on. So uh, why don't you just go ahead and jump right into it, explain the uh, the Maritime uh, Pet Museum. Well, one thing that makes me very happy is up here in Maine, everybody understands what a maritime pet is. We were relocated here from Maryland, Annapolis, where we were founded in 2006. And from then until 2021, we were a virtual museum because uh, we couldn't afford the high rents in Annapolis. And it's also a much bigger area with many conflicting interests and charitable organizations and so forth. But we had a very active educational program. So we were founded in 2006 after I discovered just by doing some web browsing that there had been simultaneous exhibits in Australia and in uh, London having to do with pets who had served in either the Navy or in different maritime aspects. And so I delved into the subject a little further. And because I'm trained as a historian, I've run museums, and at the time I was running and operating a pet sitting service. And I said, oh, my gosh, this combines all of my loves, all of my interests. So I established a website, and almost immediately, and I, I mean within a few days, people started sharing information with us. They were sending me photos of when they served in the World War, World War II or in other conflict zones where they had been allowed to have mascots. And we just kind of grew from there. But when I moved up to Maine, specifically to find a home... We shared space for a little while at the Maine Lighthouse Museum in Rockland, but it didn't really work out uh, logistically for a variety of reasons that aren't important. But we're now located at the Sail Power and Sea Museum a little bit further along the harbor side in Rockland. And we have a very active program now. We have our exhibits. We have a research library. We have ongoing programs with local libraries and other museums. And we have permanent and changing exhibits. So they're all about celebrating pets who have either gone to sea on boats or who have interacted with or collaborated with man on the shore or in the water, like dolphins, eagles, penguins, things that aren't exactly pets, but they have a very close relationship with man. So that's us in a nutshell. So how's Mr. Sharp? <laughs> Mr. Sharp is doing well. He got back from Florida a few weeks ago, and he's working his seven-day-a-week schedule. <laughs> he puts all of us youngsters to shame. He's wonderful. Yeah, tell tell a little bit about the museum, because that's a, a really, really nice museum he's put together. You know, cause For those that don't know, he's right next to where the old small shipyard was, Israel uh, L. Snow's shipyard. And yes. In fact, we are, a, I think uh, Jim must have acquired part of the property that at one time was Snow's 
Marine Yard. Right. There's now a big park called Snow Marine Park. And then he has about, I'm guessing, maybe a five-acre complex. So the Sail Power and Steam Museum was founded around the same time we were, actually. And Jim, having been a sea captain for many decades, had collected all kinds of memorabilia and ships, um, paraphernalia, stories, and it was all in his house, and he really needed to do something about that. <laughs> so he has this fabulous sail power and steam museum. And then I've shared with the complex, there's a marina, there's a, a sailing school that teaches sailing for free to underprivileged children. And then there's the Coastal Children's Museum, and then we are, we make up the third museum, but there are many other offices within the complex. Does he still and have Blackjack? Is Blackjack still there? She was a friendship sloop. Uh, not that I know of. I haven't seen her, but we have a new sloop that is part of Jim's program, but she's kind of operated independently called Morning in Maine. And her captain, whose name I can't recall at the moment, he does educational programs with various youth groups, but he also offers charters out of uh, Rockland. They don't leave from, from our little dock because the draft isn't deep enough. But um, so he, Boring in Maine, it's an active kind of research and recreational loop. Yep. Yeah, because I know it would probably be uh, a couple of years before COVID hit that he was rebuilding Blackjack. Blackjack was an early 1900, uh, I believe it's a Morse-built friendship sloop that was owned over by Pendleton Ah. over in Searsport. And then it went to Northeast Harbor or MDI. You remember it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, I, it's possible. Uh, you know, I've only been up here in, in Maine for a little over 18 months, but it's possible that he donated the uh, ship to another nonprofit organization. Yeah, it could be. Because he, he's very involved in the community. Yeah. Which is wonderful. He, he makes a very nice landlord, but also, um, you know, he's trying to increase the nonprofit footprint, if you will, at his facility. Um, so he was glad to, to have space available for us. And I'm thrilled because the particular space we're located in is very small, but it overlooks the marina. So it's people get not only a great museum experience, but a beautiful view. Right. And then right, right outside of my door, there's a little beachfront that uh, where people can launch their uh, dinghies to get out to the boat if they moor their boat in that particular part of the harbor. But there's always something going on on the water. And, in fact, the day we moved into our quarters, which was last June, I was just locking up, and a cat showed up literally on my doorstep. (laughs) And it rolled over because he wanted to be rubbed. And I didn't, and then he disappeared, and I never saw him again. Hmm. So I thought, oh, this is this is a good omen. The cat showed up to welcome us to the area, <laughs> and then I found out fairly recently that that cat belongs to the gentleman who is the the resident kind of caretaker slash jack of all trades for the Sail Power and Steam Museum. So he has a cat 
and the cat has free run of the property. <laughs> so sure. it's just wonderful. And, of course, the Snow Marine Park is a very large area with picnic uh, tables and uh, the uh, public boat launch. But people come there to walk their dogs or play with them off-leash. So right. it's a very vibrant and active location, even in the winter. So are you guys open now? We are. Well, we're open year-round. Jim uh, and I think the Children's Museum closed during the winter, but I opted to be open year-round. We're not open every day uh, unless it's by appointment, but we are open every single Saturday and Sunday. Yep. From about 11 to 4, sometimes it's earlier, sometimes we stay later. And, of course, the, the deeper we get into summer, we'll probably extend those hours because it'll still be light out. Right. Uh, one of the things you might interested, be interested in doing is collecting stories about boat dogs. Yep. Oh, yes. Well, that's, that's our mission. We're not a typical museum that owns objects. Our collection mainly consists of archival material, so stories, journals, or copies of journals, photographs, and other historic images, you know, dating back hundreds of years, in fact, thousands of years. So, uh, and in fact, we're just now launching this summer, with the help of two graduate student interns, uh, we're starting to catalog our image collection so that eventually it'll be available online for researchers. But we love gathering stories, and most of the people who come visit the museum, they all have stories to tell. Either they used to sail with their cat, or they know somebody who did. And um, in fact, one of our recent visitors was someone I think you all know well, Lacane Smith, oh, who yes. lives in Harborside. <laughs> And, of course, he circumnavigated the globe a few years back with his cat, Chowder. Yeah, he was on the show, what, three three months ago? Two months ago? January, I believe it was. Maybe. Well, he's fascinating. So oh, yeah. We had a, a big, long visit a couple of months ago. And, of course, Cat Chowder wrote three books. Yeah, yes, now yes. part of our collection. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty uh, interesting to travel around the world from from a cat's <laughs> viewpoint. But yes, interesting. But the first book was called um, "Sail South Till the Butter Melts." I remember yes. that title. Yes, quite appropriate. Yeah. So, Giffy, how many animals have you had on boats? Oh, quite a few. Well, because your favorite was a Jack Russell. Many, Jack Russell. Jack Russell. I, I have sailed with my Jack Russell. Yeah. And, I've owned three. <laughs> uh, I had to go overseas a few years ago to give a talk in Greenwich, and I was very fortunate to share passage on both crossings. So going over and coming back, just by happenstance, there was a blind lady and her husband who were sailing with their service animal, a black lab, and that dog had been on something like 16 cruises in various parts of the world. Hmm. Wow. Because not many uh, commercial liners allow pets, but the Cunard line is one of maybe just two that I'm aware of that do allow therapy animals or service animals 
I'm and surprised. in fact, uh, the QE, well, I know Queen, Queen Mary and possibly some of the other ships in that line, they also have a kennel. So for people who must sail or who are moving overseas with their dog or cat, they, they have boarding available on the ship. Hmm. I'm surprised that more don't have uh, service animals allowed. Well, I am too, and I don't know if it's, you know, just like uh, after World War II, most of the world's navies and coast guards uh, started prohibiting animals to be aboard. There was a um, kind of a misunderstood fear that they would spread disease, like anything from rabies to the common cold. Hmm. And it was also thought to be a sanitation issue, but anybody who owns an animal knows that they're very fastidious in most cases. They groom themselves very thoroughly and frequently. But um, there are, of course, private people or merchant ships that still allow uh, animals aboard. Go ahead, give Yeah, I got a quick story for you. You get a kick out of. I've I've had at least three Jack Russells in my oh, lifetime. Love them. Yeah, and uh, and uh, this is after I retired, and uh, my wife and I were living on our boat, and uh, we went south with her. And make the story short, we were going into a small boatyard down in northern Florida. Uh, I had gotten a berth there for two or three days and uh, went in to tie up, and uh, Jack Russell was on board, and he couldn't wait to make a flying leap for the dock. <laughs> <laughs> and how long was he in the water? He, oh, no, he, he never even got close to the water. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, and he takes off up the street. <laughs> And I didn't go after him because I figured he'll come right back. Anyhow, the dock master comes down to help me tie up, and he said, "Oh, oh, Giffy, you you got a dog? You didn't tell me you, when you called me that you had a dog." Well, no. What's the matter with that? Oh, you can't have a dog here. Oh, you're See, kidding. The owner hates dogs. Oh hates my dogs. gosh. And and I said, okay, well I'll. Go some other place, and he said, "No." He said, "Stay, stay for the night, and you can leave in the morning." So, well, okay. So, we stayed, and I get up in the morning, and I was trying to keep the dog under control, you know. And he, <laughs> <laughs> he made one flying leap, and up the road he goes. <laughs> so, my goodness. And I said, "Oh boy, now I'm in trouble." And. Uh, he doesn't come back for about an hour or so. Oh, of course not. And it was longer than an hour. And about 9, 9.30, the dock master comes down. And he speaks to me and says, Jiffy, you come with me. Uh-oh, okay. <laughs> so I go, out, go up and we go in his uh, little office in the stock room. And he said, you get down on your knees and crawl under this table. Come up on the other side. And so I did. And he said, you walk down this pathway, down, down between, between two rows of stock. But he said, don't walk by the end, just peek around the end. I go down, there's my dog. 
Oh, my God. And what was uh, he doing? Just uh, resting? Huh? Was he resting or was he into something? No, no, no. He was he was enjoying himself. He was sitting in the owner's lap, <laughs> eating, <laughs> eating beef jerky. <laughs> so, and so, and did the owner change his rules after that? Yeah, I mean, I I don't know about his rules, but the the six or eight men that worked in this boatyard, they were stunned. They said. They couldn't believe it. He says he hates dogs. <laughs> he's Except gone this up, one. <laughs> he he he'd gone uptown and bought beef jerky for this dog. Oh, that's a riot! <laughs> well, so yeah, I wound up staying there for a week. <laughs> oh, good for you. you yeah, well, and and everything was everything was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. Jack Russells are pretty good ambassadors. Yeah, they they yeah, they, they, they can make friends. They make friends so quick, it isn't funny. Oh, they do. Yeah. They do. There's no question. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. There's a, there's plenty of boat stories about dogs. Oh, yeah. One, of the, one, one that was famous was in Gloucester. The schooners, they're still fishing in schooners on the Grand Banks. And they found this. Big dog, what, what do you call him? A Newfie? Newfie, wasn't it a Newfie? Newfie, <laughs> swimming, and he's, you know, a long ways from anywhere. And they figured he'd fallen off another vessel. Oh, maybe he had. Yeah, and they, they couldn't find out anything about him. So they brought him back to Gloucester, and he became a town dog. Fantastic. Do you yeah. remember his name? No, I don't know. It's Who wrote that up? Did uh, Did Conley write that up? No, I don't know. It's an old, it's a, it's an I old fact. I think I've seen his picture. Uh, if it's the same dog I'm thinking of and I can't remember his name, uh, someone sent me or I found it online an article about, would this have been like in the in the 1930s or so? Uh, before that, probably. Oh, interesting. It might have been the 30s. It might have been the 30s. There's still a few. That was about the end of the schooners then. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it yeah. was. Well, yeah. you know, just, just as an aside, my day job is uh, in Camden. I, I work part-time at Maine Windjammer Cruises. It just happened by accident. I moved up here, and they had a staff opening, and there I was. But... Uh, <laughs> One of the things, our, our particular company was um, started by Frank Swift, who basically single-handedly rescued a lot of those early schooners. Yep. So yep. It's, it's a great tradition. So which schooners um, are you, are you uh, working with? Yeah. Well, we're down to two now because uh, Captain Williamson and his wife are kind of... Uh, to, to ease into retirement, but we have the Mercantile, which is a big, big boat, mm -hmm. and then the the Swift, which is a smaller luxury schooner. Mm -hmm. And they don't. Most of them do what? Three, four day sails. Yes. Yeah. And do people that, bring boats? That 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 is a shame because myself and my family, my brothers and sisters, we all. Went on the what's what's the 
what's the big school over there? You know. Victory Chimes? No, I, we've been. I've been on. I've been built, involved. You in served her. You sur- surveyed yeah, her. I, yeah, I did a lot of work on her. How about Adventure? No. And then uh, <laughs> Merry Day. Uh, no. Oh, come on. We're good. Heritage? Heritage. But that's Heritage, that, yeah. that's new. Heritage. Yeah. yeah. Doug Lee's. Yeah. Doug Lee's old boat. Yeah. Yeah. And that was that was, that was just wonderful. We went for a week. Mm-hmm. And it's worth a week. Well, some of the captains are worth a week to be with. So some I, of them are very oh, interesting yeah. characters. Right? That's, that's part the, of it is the stories. The captains are interesting. <laughs> some of the uh, some of the clientele takes a week to unwind too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But it was, never, it was just great. Mm-hmm. And I worked on the water all my life, you know. Well, and, you were a yacht skipper for how many years? Thirty. Uh, yeah. Longer than thirty, but I rounded off at thirty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, and wonderful people to work for them, make them really enjoy their boat. Right. And can't, can't be beat. Mm-hmm. Now, did you have a dog or a cat on board that no, those boats? No, 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 no. Did you, did she? Because the you you worked for a woman at the end. What was her name? Um, oh, you know. She's right across from Amesbury, right? She, yeah, she, she 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 owned a huge place in Newburyport. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. My my father's uh, family were from Newburyport. I well, I got you. Got to forgive me. I'm so old. My memory's gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Helen Mosley. Mm-hmm. Lady, what's his name? Wasn't yeah. she in banking? The family was in banking, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, F.S. Mosley stock. Company. Yeah, her her father owned F.S. Mosley. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. One thing I love about being up here in Maine, well, and I grew up in Boston, so I kind of consider myself a New Englander coming back home. Uh, people up here take their heritage and their history traditions very seriously, and and yet um, they're not reverential. Right. You know, they're they're they have a great sense of humor, a great sense of family tradition and maritime tradition. Whereas down in the Chesapeake region, well, it's a different type of tradition. But because the bay, Chesapeake Bay, is more or less a, a closed environment rather than being you know strictly open water, it's different. The fishing traditions were different. The shipping and commerce were totally different. And I think. I just like being up here because almost everything has to do with the sea at some point or another. And I think people up here are also really serious animal lovers. Yeah, and yeah we most of us are that way. Yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Is. yeah. yeah. Especially ticks. <laughs> well, you got to have chickens for them. <laughs> I heard about them yesterday on on your fellow radio station. Uh, is either of you Irish? No, Norwegian. Okay, well, what? we have until the end of this month an exhibit that we launched on St. Patrick's Day weekend. It's all about Irish maritime pets. Like Irish setters? 
there's there's some very well known uh, famous ones, but so we talk about the canal barge horses, which of course were yep. huge in, in throughout Ireland and in Great Britain and other countries. Um, famous World War II pigeon named Paddy, who flew from Normandy back to the UK to give news about the success of the D-Day landing. And that bird clocked or averaged 56 miles per hour. Must have had a tailwind. I don't know what he had, but (laughs) he made the trip in just a little over four hours. It was phenomenal. And he won an award um, in Great Britain shortly after World War I. There was a woman who was a a philanthropist for animal causes named Maria Dickin, and she later started a medal, which is only awarded to animals. It's called the Dickin Medal, and it's the equivalent of the Victoria Cross. Wow. And so during, um, I don't think they were awarded during World War I, but between the wars and then, of course, after World War II, many, many types of animals, dogs, cats, birds, uh, probably some horses, have uh, won that medal. So it's, uh, but if any of your listeners uh, are interested in Irish history, it's a great little exhibit, and it's up through the end of this month. Go ahead, Kavigov. Yeah, I got a bird story involved. <laughs> yeah, a boat for you. We got one yeah. one minute left, yeah. Giffy. Okay, I'll make it quick. I was on a fairly large yacht coming into New York, and I looked up on the mizzen boom, uh, and there was a, a pigeon sitting in the middle of the boom. And, and uh, I reached up. I had to reach up quite a ways and picked him up and took him off the boom and put him in the shelter of the wheelhouse. And and that pigeon, I noticed, had a cylinder on his one leg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was a... Carrier pigeon. Yeah, he was a carrier pigeon. I turned him over to you, Sammy, and he, they, he died. Oh. Still on the boat, and they said that pigeon... He's, come, he's a carrier pigeon, and he's come one long, long way. They're all uh, long gone now, unfortunately. So. Yeah. And we're long gone. There, there are still organizations that uh, work with homing pigeons, or, uh, carrier pigeons, homing pigeons, but well, not so much in this country. Thank you, Pat Sullivan. We've got to wrap it up here at Boat yeah, Talk. Yeah, yeah. They're going to pull the plug on us. <laughs>